Hello and welcome to the Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and um, as always, I am you know, kind of jumping out of my skin with excitement with uh, who I have uh, as our guest today, uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. I've, I've, you know, we were talking just prior to the uh, the recording beginning here. I've been following Dr. Cousins uh, for for years. I've known of him for years. Um, I mean, from an age perspective, we're kind of contemporaries. Uh, and when I got my start back in the, the uh, late 60s, early 70s in the uh, human transformation movement, uh, Gabriel's uh, name came up not just once, but many, many times. And I started reading some of his books. This man is fascinating. And I can't think of a better guest to have on the soul of business than Dr. Gabriel Cousins. So we'll work some of your biography into the, the conversation here as we go. But yeah, I, I could spend the entire 30 minutes here just reciting it, <laughs> which wouldn't get us where we want to go. Uh, yeah. Gabriel, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's a joy to work with you. And I love the topic, you know, the soul of business. It's a great topic it's right aligned with my book into the nothing um, yeah in the sense <laughs> we do if we see it with the right eyes is a spiritual experience and and people think oh capitalism business it's exactly the key to understanding it because how do we turn our business into a spiritual experience which is really the question is how being in touch with our soul do we enter business and expand our soul in a way of doing it? Yeah. So, that it's a gate. I mean, I, I I love this. I mean, the whole notion of compassionate capitalism for me um, is about the behavioral analog to conscious capitalism. It's one thing to be conscious about connections. And you know, I grew up on a farm and I was really aware real early on that everything seemed to be connected, even invisibly connected in some way. And then I stumbled onto Adam Smith when I was at university, The Wealth of Nations, and I found out that he wrote a book 17 years before The Wealth of Nations called The Theory of Moral Sentiment, which actually informed his notion of the invisible hands of, of commerce. And that whole treatise was, was based on his observations of nature being sublimely connected. There was nothing wasted. Everything was... Uh, uh, you know, the, the transaction of business in nature was enlightened self-interest. And that literally is the word that he used you know, to describe the uh, invisible hands. You know, nothing went to waste. Everything was in service of a greater good. And when I started thinking about that in terms of you know, how business is conducted today, I couldn't think of a more antithetical example <laughs> to how well, business could be conducted compared to what it is conducted. To me, originally, business was a way people made connections. Mm -hmm. if you look at who did the traveling, Marco Polo. They traveled, and it was through the merchants that nations and peoples began to connect. I think that's a, a fair way of talking about it yep. in, in the picture. And I live <clears throat> part-time in the Middle East, and one of the keys is business is done very differently there. It's a social interaction first, then you talk about the sale. <clears throat> and I think that's the key. Here, it's all about 
the money in there. Yeah. It's making the social connection. So wherever I go, we're going to buy a, a rug, okay? We'll have our tea with them, and we'll talk, and we'll hang out, and you get to be friends, and then you negotiate. And that's, I think, the way it really used to be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the bigger picture. And that's, I think, what what we've lost here. And it takes all the fun out of it. Oh, yeah. And it takes the meaning out of it, too, because it's about social connection. It's not about making money. Money's a byproduct. But it that's where the spirit is enhanced. How do you connect with the soul of the other person? Then mm-hmm. you make the soul purchase in that way. Yeah. I'm making the pun. But that's... Yeah. And I find it really easy to do in the Middle East, wherever I am. If we go into a market, we do that, whether it's Egypt or Israel or Jordan or whatever it is. That's what's going on. We're going to talk. And that's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Part of the fun is go to the market and talk to people and and get to know them. And I think if we understood business from that social point of view and really social spiritual point of view, then it changes the whole dynamic. It does. I think, you know, and you, met, you referenced you know, money being kind of the focal point of business, particularly here in the West. You know, my my thinking is that the purpose of business is not to make a profit. It is, it is as you say, a byproduct if I'm doing things well. I think the, the, the real purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on the planet. And that's done through relationship. Yeah, soul touching soul, and 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 Carl Jung talked about the souls, you know, continuously wanting to express more, uh, and that's what I see in nature. Nature wants to express more. People want to express more, and if I've got a business that can facilitate that, I'm going to be making money, and I'm going to be having a good time while I'm doing it because the relationships are going to be rich. Right, and everybody gets uplifted. Mm-hmm. That's the, it's a win-win situation. And an opportunity for social, and I'm going to say spiritual connection. Yeah. In my book, Into Nothing, I make the point very clearly that all our experiences, if we have the right understanding, are an opportunity to spiritually uplift ourselves. Yeah. Let's talk about your book. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've got a copy of it ordered right now. This is, I think, your 17th book. Uh, round 13th. Okay, I'm, I'm giving you credit for more than you have, but that's okay. <laughs> you probably got a couple more coming out. Uh, the, the, uh, into the nothing. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I remember when my, my wife died uh, about 10 years or so ago. Uh, I came across a book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And it, it was just a, a, a profound read, yeah, intellectually, but more than that, it was a profound connecting mechanism to something that was primal for me. I mean, because when she died, there was there was an existential shift in terms of how I had to reorient and reorganize my thinking of who I was, where I belonged. Your conversation uh, in the, uh, just reading the uh, promotional uh, literature I have on the book, Into the Nothing, uh, kind of parallels that journey a bit. And I, I'd, I'd love to hear how you got to the writing of this book after 13 of them. This one seems to be almost seminal in, in many ways. Well, I think you're right. It is seminal. As a spiritual autobiography after 77 years, 
there's something to say, as you well know, you're about that age, right? So, um, so it's kind of uh, witnessing yourself in your life and looking at what my life is about, has been about, and where it's going. And so my first message, and this is important too, was when I was four years old, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. No one in my family has anything to do with medical in any way whatsoever. Okay. Uh, we're bakers from Russia, you know. So, <laughs> so the point is, I was somehow aligning, and I think this is very important when we look at business or, or anything we do in life. It's about aligning our destiny. And the more we align to it, the more everything becomes meaningful. And so my life has always been about aligning to destiny. I uh, I knew when I was 10 or 12 years old, well, 10 years old, I was playing American football. I loved to play football. I knew that was part of my destiny. And yes, I graduated from Amherst College as captain of an undefeated football team and National Football Hall of Fame. So how did that happen? Being the smallest guy in the field, right? Mm -hmm. it was Amherst is not a football power. <laughs> no, but actually, well, it's a long story, but wherever I had applied, the team was undefeated for that year. So it's aligning with your, your destiny in that way. And if we begin to see that our work in the world is not something that we just create with our ego, and I build a bigger business and I make more money, and that's what it's about called building my ego. Mm -hmm. But we see our business, or I'm going to say our work in the world, okay, as aligning with our destiny and expression of our destiny, our way of giving our gifts to the world. So our work in the world is a way of giving our spiritual gifts to the world and uplifting humanity. Now that shifts the whole thing because now you have purpose, not like make more money. That's not a purpose. Okay. So purpose is, ha, has to kind of be behind whatever action we do, whether we call that action business or not. You can also see marriage as a business. Mm -hmm. Business because you have to work with time, space, energy. You have to do all these things to actually make it work. As a family therapist, psychiatrist, okay, these are principles people have to get. It's not whatever you choose like doing. You have, there's an alignment here. And then you see why do people come together? Now, two people, or why do businesses interact so they can, as a spiritual path, elevate both members? Mm -hmm. So using the sacred relationship model, which is something I teach, it yep. applies directly to business. Because if we're really getting it, that our business is our sole expression, okay, not something you do to make money, but our sole expression, and you're connecting with another sole expression, that's exactly what you do in a sacred friendship or sacred relationship, is you're coming together that everyone should be elevated. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Key, that's key to understanding what I would call sacred business 
which is a business. But now we have to word, use the word sacred because we, we don't think that's being sacred. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's has evolved that way. And so the book Into the Nothing is looking back and saying, oh, there's something to be said here. Let's look at all the events of my life as a spiritual teaching mm-hmm. and see how that, how do I use the events of my life as a, not just a spiritual teaching, but an elevating spiritual teaching to further my waking up and the liberation process. So that's that's how I wrote the book. It's like, okay, now I need to share this because liberation isn't a kind of technique, can't technique your way to God. It's about living fully. That's why I call it the holistic way of liberation because it involves your business, it involves your relationships, it involves everything we do as your spiritual path. So in India, we'd say the world is the guru. Mm-hmm. So when we have the right understanding for business, our business is the guru. Our relationships are the guru. Everything is used as a way to elevate ourselves spiritually. And that's how I got part of how I wrote the book. It's like, well, we need this insight again. We need to move out of materialism. Now, you're doing the exact same things. We write the book, you make money, but you're writing it from a spiritual point of view. So it's no longer materialism. Yeah. A spiritual path. And that's what I was really offering. What I am offering in the book. Plus, my it's an adventure. Life is an adventure. And I have lots of adventures in there, you know. <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on it and open the jacket. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the read. You know, you, you uh, bring up a couple of points here that, you know, aligning with your destiny. Um in my experience, and you know, I've been you know, consulting with businesses for over 40 years, and far too often I have seen people in the businesses have sold out. And I say sold out in, in, this, in this particular context. Um, the tagline of my uh, book, uh, Compassionate Capitalism, was a journey to the soul of business. And it was really a, a, a kind of an exercise in how do I reclaim or reconnect to that soul? Because in my experience... Um, and, you, and you spoke about this, you know, yeah, it, there's, a, there's a seduction about bigger is better, about chasing the profit, chasing that next big contract that's going to make or break whatever. And in my way of thinking, and in my, again, back to my experience, far too many business leaders sell their souls and they sell the souls of their organizations in pursuit of what the world of agreement says is success. And oftentimes that's in pursuit of ever-increasing uh, um, margins, ever-increasing profits, uh, ever-increasing shareholder returns, all of that sort of stuff. And very subtly, yeah, the soul of the business begins to disappear, and now you're left with an empty vehicle that is soul-sucking. Yeah, there, there's just... So with that little yeah, soapbox you know, presentation there, how do people get back to, in your experience that position where the soul is now visible and they can actually start doing doing and being their life from that perspective. What, what would you say are some of the ways that that happens? It's a, it's a great question. So let's make a hypothesis here that we start a business with a connection to our soul 
Mm-hmm. Purpose of the business is to deepen our connection to our soul through the flow of the business. And that's a challenge. But how do we make it so it enhances our awareness and the business becomes a source of upliftment for everyone who interacts with it? Mm -hmm. So that's where we start. Now, if we hold that, and that's you're saying how we make it, if we hold that as, as what we're doing, and we get down the line and suddenly we're slipping away. We're making decisions that are about money rather than uplifting the soul of the participants. Then we start to disconnect from our soul. So yep. once you realize that, the straightforward answer is, oh, now I need to organize the business again to reconnect with my soul. Now, there's a little bit more to it, because if you aren't doing some sort of uh, spirituality in your life. Right. You're not meditating. If you're not doing, uh, you know, charity and service. If you're, if you're, you know, not living in a way that's continually making you more aware and more clear, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, you move away from that. So I talk about the six foundations to it, but basically, it's a way of of continually expanding our awareness, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And so part of it isn't just organizing the business. You have to have a consciousness of spirituality around what you're organizing. So mm-hmm. the first thing is to work on yourself to get back in touch with who you are. deep, <clears throat> And then once you're clear enough within yourself, then you bring it more into the business. Uh, so if you've lost it, it's because you didn't uh, maintain your soul awareness outside of the business now you go into the business again you're building you are now connected to your soul and now that pervades the business so it has to start with you to begin with yeah you know one of the ways that i describe any organization is that it's just simply a collection of people that are in relationship and I mean, that's all any organizational structure is, uh, whether it's a family unit or a huge monolithic uh, organization. It's a group of people that are in relationship. And when I say that, you know, oftentimes people will go, yeah, and. Uh, but the, the and on that is it's not just the interpersonal relationships. There's relationship with job. There's a relationship with process. There's a relationship with values. There's a relationship with you know, fill in the blank. Everything has a relational component to it. And this kind of goes back to, you know, the you know when we first started talking here about your experience of working in the Middle East, it's about relationship. And as you were talking here, uh, you, you made the, uh, you, you, you mentioned the word decisions. When we start making decisions that are in service of the, the business, not the soul of the business, that's where we start to go off track. And I can't, so my relationship, yeah, has has shifted. If I founded the company, if I you know, started working with the company uh, based on a relational uh, uh, connection to that soul and that relationship has changed or diminished or not been attended to and wilted, that's where we start getting some things off track here. And I don't, to your point, yeah. I have to have awareness to be able to to notice that first of all, 
And in the noticing, I then have to have the discipline, and this is what the spiritual practice is actually enhanced and informed. I have to have the discipline to be able to come back and make decisions that will be hard decisions to make because they're not in service of the business. They're in service of the soul of the business. And boy, that that gets to be a real interesting route. It's, but ultimately it is in service of the business. Yeah, ultimately it is. Yeah, that's the paradox. Without a soul, it's not alive. You're not growing spiritually. So there has to be certain values, right? You're valuing, uh, you know, you're starting a business, you value your connection with your soul, you value your spiritual evolvement, and you design the business that gives your gift enhances and that's the key enhances your spiritual evolvement at the same time so that has to be part of the decision making process and you know i love that that it kind of doesn't get you where you want to go right because you miss the purpose of life we're not here to make money we're here to evolve spiritually it's our sole purpose on the planet so we want to stay on purpose yeah you know, we're going to take a brief break. I want to come back because you used another word. I love these words that just keep dropping in here, and it was design. So we're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we're going to come back and we'll uh, join Dr. Gabriel Cousins, and we're going to continue this exploration on the soul of business. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the leadership mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. My guest today, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Um, Before we left on the break, uh, he had mentioned a word that I kind of marked out here that I want to come back to. And it has to do with, you know, how, you know, first of all, uh, this is a spiritual, you know, my job is spiritual growth. I mean, period, the end. (laughs) That's my job. That's my life purpose. And it's continuously seeking fulfillment. And I, if I'm like many other people on the planet, I'm continuously derailing that in some way, shape, or form. Although it's never fully derailed, I can't not be in the river. Um, but you mentioned something here about design. There's some ways that I can facilitate that that actually uh, helps the process be more elegant. You know, the, and elegant meaning fewer unintended consequences. Um, 
the idea of design, and this is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Gabriel, but my experience of you just in the reading and the uh, the familiarity that I have with your work, you have designed a life for yourself that makes it possible for the expression of spirit, the expression of soul, to more to be more likely than not. And it's not an, uh, an abstraction and it's not an accidental process. There was intent behind it. Yeah, in the same, yeah so the idea of ontological design, yeah, designing an environment, designing a life that allows for the growth of my spirit, yeah, that, that it, it's a reinforcing loop. When we start looking at yeah, designing a business, you know, people inherit models of business that they don't examine. And they put together teams and they put together structures that are what went before and not necessarily in a healthy way. This idea of designing from a spiritual perspective, business is a spiritual discipline. How would you suggest somebody design their business going forward? So, so it's a great question. So I, again, I'll just use my life as an example, like the book, you know, Into the Nothing. So there's a part of it is that you have to be willing to jump into the unknown. Mm -hmm. okay. Then another level, and I make a metaphor, uh, our destiny is like a movie theater and we get to pick the movie. So the flow is, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. Okay, now what kind of doctor? I'm going to work in a hospital. Am I going to be a hospital administrator, which I was offered many roles that way. That, that, or am I going to create a situation where I fulfill my destiny as a doctor, but in a way that's really good. So I mentioned in the book, as a third year medical student at Columbia, I solved three cases, at, uh, five cases actually, that no one could do. And I'm just this lowly medical student because I took a more psychological and spiritual approach and I was able to get to the, the answer. It was really a kind of fun experience, but it woke me up. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I said, OK, there's no way I'm going to work in a hospital because these folks don't really have any serious understanding. It's very mechanistic how they treat each other and, and how they treat the patient. This is a no go. Now. This is in the 60s, right? I'm in medical school in the 60s. Nobody <laughs> talked about holistic health. Yeah. Even there. But I realized, wait, this is not the way I'm going to go. I need to go more psychological and spiritual. And so I went from being a biochemist and publishing papers in biophysics and biochemistry into psychiatry. Why? Because it was the most human-oriented. Mm -hmm. And you actually talk to people. Oh, talk to people. That's what we're doing business. There's <laughs> a novel idea. Yeah, novel idea. And so I saw that I was not, I had to create a situation where I could have what was meaningful to me, which is a personal interaction with my clients. Now, contrast that. You go to different hospital settings or Kaiser or this one and that, and it's all production line. You got 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I'm not interested in being that way. I Every client that comes to me, I the new whole person healing, we call it, I'm going to see him for a minimum of two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I do it like a psychiatrist by time. So it works out fine. You know, I don't have a set fee, in other words. And in that time, I am actually overtly, consciously connecting with the soul of that person and the meaning of that person. So I can actually help them. We call that holistic health, right? We didn't have it. But that's what I'm doing. I'm talking. I'm figuring a lot of things out with them. But the key is I've created a setting uh, where I'm interacting with them in a a very personal and spiritual way that is uplifting to them. Because mostly nobody ever gets listened to. uh, You know, if you're a client, you got your five or ten minutes and it's never going to be sufficient for people. Right. Yeah. We aren't diseases. But that's that's another discussion. The point I'm making is. I designed it that way. And then I said, well, how can I do that? Well, I can't do that in a hospital setting because you got a time limit. So I had to go into individual practice because that was the obvious thing that had to be done. And it, so I could really relate to people, maintain my humanity, maintain my spiritual. And then, you know, adding to the practice, we created meditation groups, we created different things, you know. Uh, and I still was able to be a scientist. I did my work with diabetes. There is a cure for diabetes, healing diabetes naturally. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the three weeks, what do people say? You've helped reconnect to me with my soul. That's yeah. what people You've helped reconnect me with my soul, and that's part of the healing. So we got great results, but the big result is you've helped me reconnect to my soul. So... I see that as a fundamental problem in uh, really the Western world in general. Mm-hmm. So this is my need to connect to the soul. It's like, hey, help everybody reconnect to the soul. Well, I can't do it in a five-minute visit very adequately. So I read uh, the whole system in individual practice, uh, reconnecting, and then I created a center um, and with the same principle, people meditated together. We, you know, it's all about that enhancing your spiritual life. That has to be a fundamental for all the staff. You can't mm-hmm. just we got good food, right? There's a little bit more to it. Yeah. And, and now the good thing is that that staff then supports all the clients who come because everyone is on the same page. So it starts with I'm doing this. Because I have to do it because this is the way I want to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, always reconnecting to, uh, you know, deepening the connection. So, but then the the staff is doing that. The clients are doing that. And everyone is supported in a world that is not so focused on helping you stay in touch with your soul. Yeah. So that's how that design happened in everything in my life. So I, uh, why did I play football? What I wrote about in the book is, it was at that age, 10, 12, and, and through teens, the best way for me to connect spiritually to myself because yeah. I could go beyond my limitations, you know, yep. and I go into these ecstatic states. So, yeah. football, but what am I doing? Going into ecstatic states. Wonderful. <laughs> so, I, I always was organizing my, <clears throat> my life around that issue, if that makes sense. Yeah, to, to, everything I do. 
<coughs> excuse me. So that's the key concept here is that everything in my life is is seen as a spiritual experience, but also designed to enhance the spiritual awareness. Yeah. See, sacred relationships. So go ahead now. So no, that's no, perfect. Yeah. You're, you're talking here about something that I think is absolutely foundational to um, writing a lot of the wrongs that I, and I say wrong, you know, not in the sense of pejoratives. It's just you know, lack of health um, in, the, in the sense. The idea of approaching life from the uh, vantage point of an amateur versus approaching life through the vantage point of a professional. And a professional, and I'm not talking here about yeah, excelling yeah, and being number one or anything like that, but I'm talking about the mindset. I'm talking about the ethics yeah, of, of what a professional does. An amateur will tend to do things just enough to get by yeah, and so that I don't embarrass myself doing whatever it is that I'm yeah, doing. Um, a professional will do whatever it takes, literally. will do whatever it takes. We'll get up in the morning and do the meditation at 4.30, because that's what it takes for me to be positioning my day and, and having it unfold. So a, a business professional, they tend to look at, and you know, my, uh, uh, have I mastered how to read a P&L? Have I mastered how to negotiate? I mean, those sorts of things. What they don't tend to master and what they don't tend to approach as a professional is that spiritual discipline that permeates everything. And for me, business is the most pervasive force on the planet. There's nothing that's not touched by the activity in, uh, of, of businesses. And we have a moral as business leaders. We have, I think we have a moral as well as a spiritual uh, charter to make that difference and you know, to, to approach what we're doing from that perspective because it touches everything. Yes, yes. Uh, and, that, and that's, that's a soapbox speech. But... <laughs> my book, Everything I Do, is well i'm going to say it this way is guided by the divine mm -hmm. I, uh, always trying to be aligned with the divine will at, as it's unfolding that's a yeah. kind of a key way of, of understanding it so my choices are about is this in alignment with the divine and with my spiritual evolvement here mm -hmm. that's a question i'm always asking when i do an action yeah yeah, the for the sake of what? Is it egoistically driven or spiritual, uh, yeah, soul driven? Yeah. And I can't know the answer to that necessarily unless I've developed the discipline to have a spiritual practice that at least has opened the window to me and knowing where that center is. Yes. And that's what I said. It's hard to develop a spiritual business if you don't have a, uh, a spiritually focused life. Yeah. That's, so that has to be a spiritually focused life to, to, to make it work. That's beautiful. You know, the the, the title, Into the Nothing, uh, I was struck by it when I saw the title because I, I remembered in a meditation that I was doing years ago, standing on a precipice. I mean, in, in literally, in, in the words fail here, but gazing into the void where there was dissolution of everything that I was familiar with. And this, you know, this is kind of, you know, the dark side of the, the ego <laughs> uh, disappeared. And it was frightening. It, it was like, you know, there, there's no certainty there. there. I mean, that was the experience I had at that you know, real early period of time going, oh my God, if I let go and jump, what am I, into the nothing. 
what am I, what am I, you know, the, the ego, what am I left with? And I've since discovered that I'm left with quite a bit because it has nothing to do with what I thought it had to do with. Right. So what I, into the nothing is, is clearly a statement that life isn't about security and mm -hmm. safety. That when we're willing to go into the nothing, we give up all those ideas and we're open to what is. Yeah. And you can't be open to what is if you're attached to your view of what's safety and what's secure. So into the nothing means you're just jumping in and you trust in God and you're part of the flow the best you can. It's not to be foolish, okay? You right. should be wise in your decisions where you're jumping, okay? You don't want to jump into a briar patch, right? Yeah. Uh, so I've done that. Yeah, well, <laughs> all of us. Fell would be a better app. But, yeah. The point being is we want to be very thoughtful about what we're doing and ask, is this really going to enhance me? I don't know where it's going to go. Look at rel sacred relationships. That is going into the nothing again. Mm -hmm. There's not about safety it's not about security it's about oh wow look what i did i've created a situation where i'm really open in a in a you know interpersonal way and vulnerable to grow spiritually yeah and you know for those of you that are listening today you know we're, we're still in the midst of this and as, as business leaders um the desire to have certainty is at times very overwhelming we, and we don't have it but we do have a soul that we can connect to that if we trust it, I think, um, you know, will serve us far better than anything else that we have access to at this point. Um, Gabriel, I want to thank you so much for uh, the time. Um, we're coming to the close of this. Uh, my guest today, Gabriel Cousins, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, phenomenal gift to me to have you on this show today. And I want to thank you for that. Where can people find out more about what you're up to? And also, where can they get the book, Into the Nothing? Because right. I so, wanted to get it. This is a phenomenal read. Into the Nothing is really available everywhere. It's on Amazon. You can go to my three websites, drcousins.com, and you can learn about all our programs because I'm teaching constantly at different levels. Uh, there's also treeoflife.mn.co, mightynetworks.co. And those are simple ways to reach and get all the information you need but and you can order the book that way too there's also into the nothing book.com that Perfect. the key i think here is just going on what you're saying is that this book is a door that can open you up to begin to experience your life and the meaning of your life or to create meaning in your life in a whole new elevated way it's meant to inspire people it's a spiritual autobiography, but it's meant to inspire people to say, well, well, I can do this too. And can I start living this way and reconnect to my soul? So that's kind of the bigger picture in the whole thing. So that's the message. Uh, all my programs are listed at uh, drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co. And my book can get, uh, say any of the stores, bookstores, it should be there. It is there. And where well, you can order directly. You right. know, at .com. So those are the bigger pictures, all my listings, all my courses, because uh, we're teaching a lot all the time because we want to help wake up the world. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So 
That's it. So thank you very much. May you be blessed in your work that you continue to inspire people to live and choose businesses or a way they live in their business in a way that wakes them up and it wakes up everybody uh, in contact with that business. Thanks, Gabriel. You've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Um, you can find out more about what we're up to at blainebartlett.com. And I will uh, just kind of close off with just that uh, note, as well as letting you know that everything that uh, uh, we've been talking about will be posted in the show notes in terms of where to get a hold of uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins' uh, works. Okay. Again, Gabriel, thank you so much. Thank you, Blaine. And may you bless to keep this work expanding for yourself. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Blessings. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.